0: We've just been looking at this this last couple of weeks, just breaking it down really into sections of um, who we are in Christ. And we've been looking at this off of looking at um, Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6. Let me just read this again. It says that the communication of your faith may become a factual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus You know, it's important for us to find out the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. We're not in Adam any longer. As a Christian, you're no longer in Adam. You're no longer a sinner. You're no longer guilty. You're no longer under the judgment of God. You are now in Christ Jesus and praise God there's a lot of great things in Christ and that's who we are in our spirit yes we have a body that needs to be brought under yes we have a mind that needs to be renewed but the work in your spirit let me tell you it's a done deal and we need to know who we are as Christians you're not who people say you are you're not who you think you are yourself you are who God says you are And it takes guts for us as believers to start acknowledging all the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. And really what it's talking about being fully acquainted with. Everything that is in Christ that we become acquainted with it. We get an understanding of it so that then we can then acknowledge it. And you acknowledge it as it says over in um, Psalms 107 and verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so so as believers we need to say so actually you know sometimes people get upset and you say have you even mentioned confession because there's not much baggage that goes with confession in religion you know uh, um, people do confession that's not the kind of fa- confession we're talking about when confession just means to say the same thing as that's what it means that's literally what it means to say the same thing as and we are to say the same thing as God And so sometimes people say, oh, you want to end positive um, confession, people? No, I don't believe in positive confession. I believe in a word confession. But the word is positive. Amen. Now, uh, sometimes people just are into positive confession, um, like uh, self-help. So we just talk about how great you are? That's not, that's not an in Christ confession. That's talking about how great you think you are. In Christ confession is talking about how great you are in him. So really you're magnifying Jesus, his work, what he's done. It talks about what, who we are in Christ because we got into Christ. Not because we stood in front of a mirror and psyched ourselves up. Amen. That's self-help. But I do believe in confession because it's a Bible principle and you know self-help and all of those things they're slow in learning they're catching up with the Bible amen. but the Bible has been true right from Genesis where God made man um, right at the beginning of Genesis see God's a a God of confession in Genesis chapter 1 and then we see where Adam God made man in his image and likeness and Adam he began to confess and named all the animals and remembered them amen. named everything God gave him the ability to speak because man is a speaking spirit. And so we are meant to speak and confess. We're not meant to talk our problems. We're meant to talk what the word says. Amen. And so that's why we've been looking at this and seeing who we are in Christ. So I've been putting together a confession um, and I'll I'll put it all together at the end. I put up up another part of it there the other day on on Facebook. But let me just read through this because and this is all the word. Sometimes people get upset. Who do you think you are? I think I am who God says I am. Amen. Amen. Not in myself. But I I am and you are who God says you are. This is just saying what the word says. This is not bragging or boasting. This is magnifying what Jesus done in our lives. And being bold enough to proclaim it. Receive it. Amen. And expect to see the outworking of this in our lives as well. Because you live out of your identity. Amen. So these are facts of who we are in Christ Jesus. Let me just read through this again. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am reconciled to the Father and stand before Him righteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have right standing with the Father. I am justified just as if I had never sinned. Jesus is my righteousness and I can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive grace to help in a time of need. In Christ, Jesus is my wisdom and all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. I am not stupid. I have the mind of Christ in my spirit. In Christ, Jesus is my redemption. I am already redeemed. I have been bought out of the slave market of sin and I now belong to God. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law which is spiritual death, sickness and poverty. I have true liberty and freedom in Christ and I stand fast in it. I stand in the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God. In Christ Jesus I am not condemned. I am fit for use. I will never face the great white throne judgment for sinners but instead I will be rewarded for my life of faith. In Christ, I am God's workmanship, and God does not make junk. I am not a dud, but God's work of art, God's masterpiece. Amen. In Christ, there is a purpose for my life, a deliberate intention for my life, which is connected to His overall purpose. Um, I am not an accident. There is no higher purpose for my life than the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And that is what I live for. In Him I move, live and have my being. In Christ I am sanctified. I I stand clean and pure before my Father. Because I have been washed by the blood of Jesus. I do not see myself as dirty but clean before my Father. In Christ I am holy and without blame before the Father in love. My spirit can't sin because it is born of God. In Christ, my spirit has been circumcised and that sin nature has been removed. In Christ, I am a saint. Amen. A sanctified one. In Christ, I am preserved and kept by the power of God, not by my actions. Amen. That's all the word. Praise God that we've looked at over the last couple of weeks. Amen. Let's let's go on to the next one this evening. Here's the next one. In Christ, you are complete. Praise God. Colossians 1 and verse 19, it says, For it has pleased the Father that in him, talking about Jesus, should all the fullness dwell. Amen. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9 it says, In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. Amen. You are complete in him. Let me tell you, your spirit is not lacking. In actual fact, you have everything you need in your spirit to do what it is God has called you to do. You are not lacking. You know what, if we talk lack, you know what, even in the natural, if you talk lack, you know, you get a mindset for it. But you know what, if you think that your spirit is, is lacking, you'll always feel that you're missing something. But you have to see that you, you're connected to Jesus. You are in Jesus. And in Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him. That's why we're not meant to go outside of Jesus. We everything we need is in Jesus. Everything you need for life and godliness is already yours. It's already been given to you. We don't have to leave Jesus. Sometimes people feel like they're missing out. Let me tell you everything is in Jesus that we need. That's why before this in Colossians chapter 2 it talks about our roots being rooted down into this. And what does roots do? Suck. You know they draw And I tell you, we're meant to be rooted down into who we are in Christ Jesus and be drawn up out of who we are in Christ Jesus. And you'd realize everything that you need is in there. And we'll see more of that this evening. But I'm telling you, you are complete in Christ Jesus. Complete means to furnish. It means to cram a net. You know what? For a fisherman, when it comes up empty, that is not good. Or comes up half full, that's not good. But when you have that net breaking, you know what? boat sink and load of fish. Like whenever Peter um, caught those fish after Jesus said, "Throw your net over and catch all of those fish." Let me tell you, that was amazing. No, when they came, and that was a, a net that was crammed full. That's the way our spirit is. Our spirit is not empty. There's no deficiency in our spirit absolutely none um, many times people talk about spiritual growth i don't believe that our spirit needs to grow sometimes people talk about spiritual growth but they talk about our spirit needing to grow i can't see how a spirit that is complete can grow there is spiritual growth spiritual growth comes in renewing our mind as you grow in the knowledge, as you grow from being a baby to being mature in God, that's where spiritual growth takes place. When you get a revelation of what has already taken place in Christ Jesus. We need a revelation of what has already took place. Amen? That's what Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, that we would get a revelation of what took place in Christ Jesus concerning us. So it's it's a revelation that we need. It's the word of God. You, as you desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You grow in your revelation of the word of God. You go from being spirit, a spiritual infant to being spiritually mature. How do you get there? Through revelation of the word of God. But I tell you, your spirit man is complete, fully furnished. Amen. You see, if God calls you to something, he knows what he has put in you. It's, we need to know what's been put in. But if we look in the natural, there'll be deficiencies. If, you, if See, if God calls you to something and you look, you look at your education, you may feel inferior. You may feel that you can't do it. Or you look at your bank, you may feel that you can't do it. Or whatever, your age or any of those kind of things, you may say, I can't, it's too late. No, you need to look at who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. The same, the same term here is used when, I, when it talks about being fin- your spirit man in other words when it's complete it's finished as in it's everything that you need is in there it can, there's nothing can be added okay it's like an artist when an artist does a painting and puts that last stroke on it and stands back and goes it's finished it's complete let me tell you it's finished the work in your spirit is finished amen So it's important for us not to talk like something is missing. Instead, start talking that I am complete in Christ Jesus. I have everything that I need to do what it is God has called me to do in Christ. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily is in Christ, and I'm in Christ. Amen? So all the fullness is in me in Christ. Everything I need is in Christ, and Christ is in me, and I'm in Christ. (laughs) Praise God, there's nothing lacking there. Know what, it, know what it is? It's just believing in it. Now, on the back of this here, the, same, the word per, um, completed means perfect. Your spirit's perfect. That's hard to get your head around because we live with imperfection in life. We know our flaws. We know that there's, we're a work in progress. We know that we don't have it all together. But it's important to know that there's a part of you that has been perfected, not by you, by God. In other words, Jesus is our perfection. That's what the whole book of Hebrews is about. In the book of Hebrews, they were hanging around the salvation issue. They were thinking like an Old Testament person, where because they had to get another sacrifice and another sacrifice and another sacrifice and another sacrifice. And another sacrifice. Do you know why? Because that sacrifice didn't do the job. So they had this mentality that you know what—a sacrifice over and over and over again. But the Book of Hebrews is saying, "Go on to perfection," which is Jesus. And the, in chapter 10, it lets us know that if there would have been a sacrifice that would have brought um, um, eternal redemption, there would have been no need for another sacrifice because perfection would have came. But thank God that Jesus' blood was shed. And now that we do have perfection in God. Let, let me just look at this verse here for a second. Just skip over to chapter 10 or verse 14. Look what it says here. For by one offering he has what? Perfected for how long? Forever. Them that are what? Sanctified. We looked last week that our spirit is sanctified. Yes, there's an outward work in the sanctification. But we're looking at the core, the root of our lives. Where we live out of. Your spirit is sanctified. That's why we are called saints. Because saints are what? Sanctified ones. So the church is the saints. You are a saint. You don't have to you know, have somebody pronounce you as a saint. You've already, God has pronounced you as a saint. And it's not about our goodness. It's about His work. When we made Jesus the Lord and Savior for life, He did a work in us. He complete, we're complete in Christ. He did that. He perfected us. For by one offering He has perfected Forever. But we need to have a forever mentality. It's horrible to think that your salvation could run out. It's horrible to think that your salvation is based on your goodness, that you might not get it right tomorrow and you're out. Amen. No, He has perfected forever. Amen? He has perfected, not to next week or not to you mess up forever. It is eternal redemption. and here's the thing he did it and we can't boast amen but we sure can praise amen thank God for what he's done in our lives amen look over in um, chapter 12 just for a second look what it says but you are come on to Mount Zion onto the city of the living God the the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels see in the Old Testament they went to Mount um, Sinai let me tell you, we, we, we go to Mount Zion. Amen. To the General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn, which is written in heaven, and to the God, the Judge of all. Look at this. And to the spirits of just men made perfect. Your spirit is perfect. Praise God. Amen. Now, one day we will be perfect spirit, soul, and body. But you have to know you're standing when you come to God. And when God sees you, he sees you complete in Christ. He sees a perfect work because he did it. Amen. That we are washed in the blood of Jesus. That there was a blood that was better than the bulls uh, than bulls and goats. The blood of animals. They could not remove sin. But the blood of Jesus did. And so we then are perfected for ever. Praise God. Amen. Here's the next thing. In Christ you have Zoe life. Amen. What's Zoe life? The life of God. Now a few weeks ago actually whenever I was speaking actually when I, I didn't like the way I said a couple of things because I was talking I was talking about just Jesus as a man coming and doing everything for us and I, I, I kind of Played down the life of God. Because I was trying to emphasise that Jesus did everything as a man for us. But the reality of it is. Is we have the life of God in us. And so. Um, uh, uh, um, what do you call it? When I heard it myself. It didn't sound the way I thought I was saying it. Sometimes when you say things. You know what you're trying to say. And it didn't sound right. But um, I want you to know that you have Zoe life in you. When you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Saviour of your life. You have the Zoe life of God. Zoe means life as God has it, life as God knows it. It's the life of God. Now, when God made Adam, he breathed into Adam. And he breathed into him a spirit that came from God into Adam. And Adam became a living being. So Adam was made in the image and likeness of God with the God quality of life in him. He wasn't God, but he had God's life. Amen. Just like for us today, you're not Jesus, but you have Jesus' life. We're not the vine, but we are the branches. And the same life that's in the vine is in the branch. It's hard for us to get our head around that. You just have to accept it by faith that your spirit, man, has the life of God in it. We used to sing a song whenever I got saved. um, I've got the life of God in me. I've got his love, his nature, and his ability. I've got the life of God in me. That's Zoe life. That's eternal life. We are a partaker of God's eternal life. We are a of God's eternal life. God has had this life forever. As far as you go back and as far as you'll go that way, God has this life. But we were brought into that life in the new birth and we got the life of God in us. Hallelujah. It's incredible. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And it says here in verse In verse 1 it says Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life. Look at that which is in Christ Jesus. The only place that you can get this life is in Christ. You can't get it anywhere else. We have a life that others don't have because we're in Christ Jesus. Some people say oh you got religion. I didn't get religion I got life. I got the life of God. I met Jesus, the Lord and Savior of my life. I I often say I got down at the side of my bed a sinner. I got up the righteousness of God. I got down at the side of my bed spiritually dead. I got up at the side of my bed spiritually alive. Now I'm saying I got down at the side of my bed because that's where I met Jesus, the Lord and Savior of my life. I received Jesus at the side of my bed. Some people receive Jesus on the street. Some people receive Jesus in an altar call or a children's meeting. But when you receive Jesus, you receive eternal life. You know, eternal life um, um, allows you to know God. The Bible says this is life eternal that you may know the Father and know Jesus. So you couldn't know God without eternal life. Amen. We know him because we have his life in us. We have the Holy Ghost living in us who can reveal the Father to us, who can reveal Jesus. That's why you can have a real close, intimate relationship with God and you've never seen him. Even though you haven't seen him, you know him. Because you walk with him. It's hard for people to understand that. It was an old him, he walks with me and he talks with me amen every day you know what how do you how do you know that jesus lives well he lives inside of me I, I, i walk with him every day he talks to me it's a living experience and many people don't understand that but i'll tell you every believer knows it because we have the life of god in us amen now, that's what happened when we got saved. We were plugged back into that Zoe life. And you know what? That life is found in Jesus. The reason being is because Jesus came to give it. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, he said, The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Look, I'm telling you, the devil wants to take from you. And religion wants to take from you. Religion can't give this life. Only Jesus. Only Jesus can give this life. Jesus said, I am come that you might have a life that is Zoe. Zoe life and have it more abundantly. More abundantly means a beyond life. A super abundant life. The highest life. In other words, the life that he gave, there's no higher quality to it. Now, when you live out of that life, I'm telling you, your life outwardly is going up. Because you start to live out of the life of God. It has to affect your life because it's living. Do you know what? It's, it's like um, uh, viruses. You know, we've found out a lot about them in the last couple of years. But do you know what? It's amazing that there are labs around the world that has these viruses that are deadly. They're meant to be contained. Okay? But you know what, as long as it's contained, even though it has the ability to uh, affect someone, infect someone and to spread, as long as it's sealed, it's doing nothing. Well, let me tell you, if, if we are saved, which we are, we have this life in us. But if we don't draw from that life... Do you know what it's like? It's like having something that's powerful in you. It can really spread through every part of your life. And affect your life. And affect everywhere you go. But it's contained in your spirit. Let me tell you. When you get a revelation that you have the life of God in you. It's good. It becomes like a tea bag. And when you put a tea bag into water. What happens? It percolates. And that's what God wants. That's why we need a revelation that we have the life of God. Because then that life starts to percolate out through us. Your mind is like a valve. And when you renew your mind to the word of God, what happens is it, like it opens the valve and allows what's in your spirit to start coming out through your life. And that's why your life changes when you get a revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus. If you talk death, and you talk negative about everything. You know what, um, if we talk like, you know what, we don't have the fruit of the Spirit in us. Sometimes we say, I couldn't love that person. That's that's the valve. That's tightening the valve. How about opening it up and saying, I have the love of God in me because I have his nature in me. I have his peace. Oh, you couldn't have peace. I'm enjoying peace. Praise God. You can have peace in the worst storm when Jesus is your your peace but you have to draw from that life but you see this thing here death and life is in the power of the tongue and if we line this tongue up with death that life in us it's like it's sealed in there tight even though you have it but it doesn't affect your everyday life but when you know who you are in Christ Jesus you start saying I have the life of God in me Amen. I have his love I can love that person you want to bat to them. But you know what? You know that the love of God is in you. You Start drawing from it. You start saying, God, I have your love in me. God, I, help me love that person. I know there's love in my spirit. I know there's ability in me to love that person. Amen. God, these circumstances are overwhelming me. But I have the peace of God in me. You start drawing from it. You start dipping into that well and drawing out. Because you know who you are in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something. As we looked at all of these things last year with the fruit of the Spirit and stuff. But let me tell you, you have faith in you. You have the faith of God in your spirit. You know what? Don't stop saying, I couldn't believe God for that. Start saying, I have the faith of God. Amen. Paul said, I live by the faith of God who loved me. He stopped living by his own natural ability. He, he started saying, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Why? Because he knew that faith was in him. See, when you know the faith of God is in you, you start drawing from it. You start expecting God results. Because you have the ability of God and you. You can believe God for bigger things. Not, it's not being selfish. Look, the number one priority for my faith, for my life... Number one is to do what God's called me to do. That's where I apply my faith first and foremost is to the call of God upon my life. Why? Because as we looked at last week, it's a high call. And whatever God asks you to do in life, it's a high call. And in my life, that's what I want to accomplish more than anything is what God has for my life. Yet that faith will will, um, add to your life. God wants to prosper your life, increase your life. You can believe God for for have all your needs met according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You can believe God for increasing your life. Amen. But I'm telling you, when God puts something in your heart to do, oh, I couldn't do that. Start saying, God, if, you, if you're revealing this to me, well, then I have the faith of God in my spirit. Help me start to believe. Get in the word and start reminding yourself of how awesome God is. Amen. But you see, we cut ourselves off many times because we don't draw from the life of God. This life is only in Jesus. As, as, um, as it was saying, let me, John 3 verse 15, it says that whosoever believes in him should not perish but what have Eternal life. That is Zoe life. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let me tell you. God made it so easy for us to receive everlasting life. He did the hard part. We believe and receive. Amen. You just accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. Ephesians 2 and verse 5. It says... and. You, and when you were dead in your sins he has quickened us to gather with Christ that's that life that quickening and in Second Peter 1 and verse 4 it talks about that we have the divine nature that we become partakers of the divine nature and that divine nature is what we looked at in Ephesians or in Galatians last year for a long time is the fruit of the spirit thank God that we have the fruit of the spirit in our spirit that's all because we have the life of God in us you have his love, you have his nature, you have his ability on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Here's another thing that goes along with the life, and that is that you are the light of the world. Praise God. And that's because we have this life in us. Ephesians 5 and verse 8. It says you are for you were at one time darkness, but now are you light. In the Lord, walk as children of light. Do you see, the life of God is the light to the world. That's what the Bible said in John chapter 1. The life of Jesus was the light. Amen. See, we have a life that is different. We have a love that's different. We have a peace that's different. A joy that's different. Amen. All of these qualities that are in our spirit. You know when it's, when it's flowing out through our lives. It becomes light. It's not that we're walking around beaming everywhere we go. Yet when you walk with Jesus. You know what it, it shows up in your life. But when we walk in love. And you know and, and, and we'll have peace in the, in the middle of the storm. When we're still rejoicing. When people see you praise in God, and they've seen a consistency in your life, what is it? It's a, it's a testimony of what God done. It used to be that way, and the life of God is being seen. It's seen because now we have God's nature in us. Do you know what I love whenever I see people getting saved who were really, really hard. Really, you could see the hatred in them. Maybe you were involved in criminality or... You know, stuff like that. And did a lot of horrible things and then gets saved. And that stony heart is taken in and to get a heart of flesh. And you see people starting to love people. Amen. Starting to love people. You, you see it, there's a, a total transformation in a person's life. What is it? That's light. That's saying that God did a work in that person's life. Well, let me tell you, we need to be like that teabag bag. In the water, everywhere we go where we percolate, amen. And the life that God has put in us comes out. Um, John 9 and verse 5, it said Jesus said, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But then in John 5, or, or Matthew 5 and verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. As long as Jesus was here, Jesus was the light of the world because he had that life. But praise God, when he rose from the dead, have a guess who else has that life? Us. Amen. You have God's life in you. Do you know what? Your life shines for Jesus. So when you start seeing yourself have the life of God in me, I'm in Christ. And I have the life of God in my spirit. You start realizing that you are an ambassador. Amen. For Jesus. Amen. Here's another one. You're chosen. You know, it hurts when you're not chosen just in life many times. I always remember whenever I was in primary school. Now, I was overweight like whenever I was in primary school. I wasn't overweight as fat. Amen. And <laughs> I was fat whenever I was in primary school. And um, I always loved football. But I never, ever made it onto the football team. Never. Uh, um, and part of that was because um, I, what do you, I wasn't good at school. And I had a teacher used to stick my head in his arm and whack me with his ring in my head and tell me, Drury, you're useless. You're useless. As he used to say, the ring would be battering off my head. Take me out into the corridor and just round up from the wee window with a wee slot where you could see in, just out of view and just whack, whack me several times. And, you know, well, anyway, but I, I, I never got picked. You know what? Do you see even to this day if I thought about that, that hurts because I love football. Like, I could have been a fat sub, you know what I mean? <laughs> I could have rolled on like a 10 minutes to go or something. But I never ever made it onto the team. And it did, it hurt, it hurt, hurt because you felt left out. Of something that was very special whenever you're in primary school and it wasn't that I was fat that I didn't play. I played football every single day. Let me tell you nobody's getting past me they couldn't get around me. <laughs> it just sat me in nets nobody could have scored. Anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you see not being picked it's a horrible thing you know where if people turn their back on you or you lose friends I don't know what that's like in life but I'm telling you what you see whenever I got saved I realize I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Amen. Like the that What's that? And the one that counts. Mm-hmm. Amen. And that's what this, let, let me tell you, this understanding has helped me in everything in life. Do you see if people walk away from me? I just go, I'm chosen in Christ. God loves me. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. Life can hurt. Life can be horrible at times, but when you know that you are chosen of God. Now, there's a, a, a doctrine. You know, of of extreme sovereignty, where people will teach that you know what God has a certain few that He's chosen and you know what you don't know who's, who's who that is or who it's not, and you know what we witness to people because you know what you witness to people you don't you don't know who's going to be the chosen. Like it's this mentality that God has a lottery wheel up there and He just takes out your name and says thing, and the light bulb goes on that day and you get saved. It's not like that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Now, in Ephesians chapter um, 1 and verse 4, look what it says here. According as he has, look at that, chosen us in him. When? Before the foundations of the world. See, God had this plan, okay? Before the foundation of the world, God had a plan. We weren't there, you weren't there. But who was? The Father and Jesus were there. And they came up with this plan, that whoever would get into Christ would be chosen. Let me tell you, when you get saved, you are chosen. Do you know why? Because Christ was chosen before the foundation of the world. And because Christ is chosen, when you get into Christ, you're chosen. Everything that we have is because we got into Christ. Everything. It's all about Jesus. It's about us getting into Him Look look over here for a second in um, Matthew 12 and verse 17. It says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, Behold my servant, look at that, whom I have chosen. Talking about Jesus. Behold my servant who I I have chosen. Let me tell you, when you get into Christ, you're chosen. Because you're chosen in him. And once you receive Jesus, you are chosen. Praise God. Isn't it great to know that God received you? Amen. That you are part of his family. That you are not an outsider. There's nothing worse when somebody turns their back on you. There's nothing worse when you walk past someone and they ignore you on purpose. And you get a shoulder instead of getting a face. Well let me tell you when, you, when, you, when your father sees you, he sees you in Christ Jesus. And you are chosen in Christ it's amazing how many people feel, it, feel at a distance from God, Christians who feel at a distance. Or do you know what? That extreme sovereignty, it's like I know it because like, um, my dad had that influence of teaching, and my dad lived for years and years and years not knowing whether he was one of the chosen. And the gospel being preached, but when you have that my, mindset, is maybe God hasn't chosen me. That's a horrible thing. Let me tell you, the gospel is given to the world. When you receive Jesus, you get in Christ and you are chosen. Amen. Praise God. Ephesians 1 and verse 3, it says that you are blessed. Praise God for being blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, were in Christ. All of Hebrew, or Ephesians chapter one is all about being in Christ. This plan was before the foundation of the world. All, the blessing is in Christ. When you get into Christ, you're blessed. How do you get into Christ? You need to receive Him. They are baptized, immersed into Christ. When you're immersed into Christ, you're immersed into the blessing. You are blessed. What does blessing mean? Empowered to prosper. Praise God. Everything that's in Christ is now in us. Because we are immersed into Christ. You're immersed. See, Jesus is blessed. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing sometimes people say oh it's a spiritual blessing what good is that to me because you know what? <laughs> of needs of bills of circumstances here's the thing about a spiritual blessing a spiritual blessing never changes when you're blessed you are blessed and the thing about the blessing is it can change circumstances see sometimes people look at their bank and say I'm not blessed you are blessed the blessing is yours because you're in Christ Amen. Now, Proverbs 10 and verse 22, it says, The blessing of the Lord, look at that, it makes rich. The blessing is not the rich. The blessing makes rich. So, if you have nothing, but you have the blessing, you're empowered to prosper. The blessing will add to your life. The blessing will increase your life. The blessing will add to your... Just look at Abraham. Abraham was blessed. Look at how God blessed him. But Abraham wasn't selfish. He was blessed to be a blessing. That's where the thing went wrong, where people just became selfish with things. But I'm telling you, God still wants to prosper his people. God is not cheap. God is not tight. God blessed us. Why? So that we would be empowered to prosper. Do you know what? Everything we need is in this world, but the blessing makes you like a magnet to where you're empowered then to prosper. I, I like to look at it. The wood doesn't, um, or the coal doesn't give, or doesn't, isn't, isn't the heat, but it can produce heat. The blessing isn't the rich, but the blessing empowers you to prosper. The most important thing is that you're blessed, not what's in your wallet. Because the blessing, see, if you lost everything that you never lost the blessing, you're still blessed, which means you can get it all back. That's restoration. Amen. I know God's a God of restoration. Amen. In Christ, As Dana was sharing earlier, you are highly favoured. Praise God. Amen. The grace of God that's upon us as believers. Ephesians 1 and verse 6, it says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Amen. That's in the Beloved's verse. It's the same as being in Christ. So you are accepted were in the beloved. Accepted means highly favored. And as I've often shared this word for, highly or for accepted is, is only used one other time in the New Testament. It's, Luke, it's over in Luke chapter 1 where it talks about Mary being highly favored. That she had found favor with God. And I'm telling you, you have found favor with God. Because you're in Christ. You are highly favored. The favor of God is on your life. Amen. You know, it's important to say that about our lives, that we're highly favored. You know what? Ha- favor, again, like the blessing, it makes you attractive. You know, what? I, I, I expect favor. I expect it. And you know what, even no no matter if you're doing if you have a phone call to make or if you've got an appointment with someone or, you know what, pray for favor. We always pray for favor. And whatever we do, we pray that we get the right person. Praise God. We expect favor when we buy things. We expect to get it at the right price. I tell you, it's amazing. Praise God. Seeing God's favor. I tell you, we have seen God's favor in so many practical things in our life. It is awesome. Only You, know, you just have to say, but God, it has to be God. Yeah. Because we have seen God's favor. We've seen God get us stuff that we couldn't get. We've seen prices come down when we walk into the shop. Because we declare God's favor over our lives. People say, how can a spiritual blessing affect your life? The blessing, you expect the blessing. Start speaking the blessing. Start expecting it. It becomes an atmosphere of faith in your life. Start speaking that you're blessed and highly favored. Amen. I pray that over my kids every single day. That they are blessed. That they are highly favored. That they are loved of God. Do you know what? We need to say it about our own lives. See, what would it do to us getting a, an understanding of who we are in Christ Jesus, but then not just getting an understanding of it, but embracing it? Becoming fully acquainted with it to the point of where we start acknowledging every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. And that doesn't mean that you bow your head in the sand. It doesn't mean to say you ignore it when things come. You look, we do face things in life, but we speak to the mountain. Amen. It doesn't change who you are in Christ Jesus. But when you take on who you are in Christ Jesus. That's going to change things in life. So when you start saying I am blessed. I'm favoured. Amen. Sometimes you have to do it right in the face of things. Sometimes you have to stand where all hell's coming at you. And you just stand and look at it. And you say. Do you know what? Here's the reality of it. I am blessed. I don't care what it looks like. Sometimes you have to do that. Amen. Sometimes you just have to have that spirit of faith to where you just say what God's word says about your life that you are blessed, that you are highly, highly favoured. Amen. Oh, yeah, I want to show this verse and we'll close, we'll close with this. It's under the same um, thing. Look at um, 2 Corinthians 5. I came across this here recently, just in the Amplified. It was God. Personally present. Look at that. In Christ, reconciling and restoring the world. Look at that. To favour with Himself. Not um, counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but cancelling them. And committed to us the ministry of reconciliation, of restoration to our favour. Amen. Restoration to favour. When you get saved, Let me tell you, you are connected again to the favor of God. Amen. See yourself surrounded by favor. That's what the Bible tells us in Proverbs. We're surrounded by favor. Praise God. We have the favor of God upon our lives. Amen. Thank God for his favor. Amen.